You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Hello and welcome to our World Cup podcast. Back home with me, Paul Hawksby. And me, Andy Jacobs. And on a dramatic day's football, we'll be discussing Australia's advancing against the disappointed Danes, a humbling for France B at the hands of Tunisia, and of course, those two tense games that saw Argentina and Poland advance. Plus, we'll get broadcaster and commentator Tom Rennie's take on the tournament. Travel expert Simon Calder will tell us why your last-minute trip to Qatar could be still very much on and we'll forensically examine Leeds manager Jesse Marsh's cheese board. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, more of that in a moment. It really is, it really is a joy. So, um, yeah, Andy, what a, what a day's football we've had. Uh, you know, oh, it was great, wasn't it? Tense, very yeah, tense. Yeah, it was, especially yeah. this evening when you thought a game was going to be decided mm. on fair play, which, which didn't feel right. So, thankfully, Saudi scored and, and put that one to bed. Yeah, Poland didn't deserve to go through. No. But uh, I do think there's a slight flaw in this format. If you think about that Tunisia played France B, as you correctly called them. Mm. And if you think about it, you know, that was much easier for them than, than the other two teams that had to play France. You know, so it yeah, does seem... it's always been the way, though, isn't it? If you win your yeah. first two, if you win your first two games, that's always been the way in group football. You win your first, you get your six points, you know you're through, and you give some other players a game. I'm sure yeah, England... it was a big, massive advantage for Tunisia. So yeah. I was delighted when Australia scored. I didn't want them to go through for that reason. Basically. No, but England would have done the same thing. You would have yeah. seen oh, yeah. a different starting lineup. I think had we beaten the USA, but um... I think we've got more depth than them actually. Yeah. And uh, I've got news of uh, FIFA boss Gianni Infantino. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah, it came up on my Instagram because I follow Salt Bay and, uh, you know, the steak boy. Yeah. And uh, he visited Salt Bay's restaurant in Doha. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was all over him. He was hugging him. And then uh, Infantino said, today I am an overpriced steak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Today I'm eating gold leaf. I did say, no wonder you're hugging him. He's the only person that can afford your prices, mate. Yeah, that's it. Now, you often say, Andy, as you, your knowledge of Argentina, you never quite understand where they find the money 
to keep traveling around the world. The peso is not that strong against any currency, whether you talk to me. So yeah. how do they get, travel in those sorts of numbers? Just, they took over that stadium tonight, didn't they? I just don't know. I was looking at the Buenos Aires Times today, check sort of things like that. The inflation rate in Argentina today, and you know how people are moaning here because it's like 10%, 75% per hour. Wow. <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? But it's it, it's a huge black economy. That's the thing, you know. So I, I don't think paying tax is big in Argentina. But uh, yeah, I don't they know. Do they do find a way, don't they? they didn't yeah, they stop, do. Didn't stop singing at all. It was some atmosphere. Unlike the Australia game earlier on, which everybody was saying was just like death. It was <laughs> just there were six hundred fans from each uh, team, and then a lot of people just not interested. Yeah, no, um, it was a good atmosphere tonight. I think there's a lot of pressure on Argentina. You know, that the, there is just there's so much in, you know interest in it. And so they hang on, they're all very nervous. You can see the the team seem a bit like England in a way. Yeah, you know, the, the pressure's on, and they can see the headlines until they score, and then they start playing really, really well. You know, but it was good to see Messi playing like Messi tonight. He's so yeah. much more aesthetically pleasing to watch than Ronaldo for me. There was one run that was reminiscent of Maradona against Belgium. It was that yeah, thing where yeah. he about eight people chasing him. It was shame he didn't anything came of it. But the penalty wasn't great, was it? Was oh Bottler. what a disgrace. Oh the decision. Oh, Danny, Danny McKay is a really experienced referee. He's one of the best referees in Europe. And A, why is he going to the screen? And B, why is he agreeing with the VAI? You can only think Kalina has said you know, maybe that guy the other day who mm. didn't go with it got his knuckles wrapped and they've been told once they go to the screen, that's it. Because he's too experienced a ref to look at that because the contact by Chesney mm. has no material difference oh, it's never, it's never on the penalty. header. The header's gone. It wouldn't have made any difference at all. <laughs> it wasn't a penalty. Stan, oh. Stan Collingwood's poll on Twitter. Was that the worst ever decision? I think it was. I think it I is. Didn't need, I didn't need Dale Johnson to tell me that wasn't a penalty. <laughs> God. No, it was just a ludicrous decision. Um, oh. and, and justice was done, wasn't it? I mean, Chesney from penalties at the moment. I mean, mm. blimey. He made brilliant saves in the uh, in the earlier game and then another one today. So um, if it goes to pens, mm. they're going to fancy their chances. They're going to bore their way right through. They that could match. do. You know, they really could. They're not very good, actually. They're not very no. good to watch either. They, they, they almost got what they deserved, you know, that sort of negative thing. The but bar Mattis, was quiet. There wasn't a great deal of protection for uh, Lewandowski. Oh, Romero gave him a right kick in tonight. Then they started to share it out because they thought he might get a card. <laughs> yeah. But he did get a bit of a working over. Yeah, well, they, they know what they're doing. Messi's yeah. penalty record, it's interesting, Ben Littleton, the penalty guru, yeah. has said he's got a really poor record for a class player. So that's something like 78%. So it's, you know, he, he wow. does miss them. because he missed one against Chelsea in the Champions League, which was great. Now, I told you yesterday, Andy, that Frankie de Jong was looking a bit peaky and mm. um, and Louis van Gaal had uh, done all this stuff about his mum having rosy cheeks when she died. Yeah. Uh, and he said he'd had a sore throat <laughs> and felt a bit under the weather. Yeah. Uh, the, quite a lot of the Brazilian players are feeling the same. Neymar's <laughs> um, been, been feeling a bit rough, uh, not just the ankle, but feeling a bit sort of sore throat mm. and, a, and a, bit, uh, a bit ill. Anthony's been the same. It's the aircon in the rooms. They yeah, aircon get... is, is very unhealthy. That's true. Yeah, yeah they all know. think they're getting made sick by the aircon. So I don't know if it's going to make any difference to the team they put out. Louis Van Gaal was at it again today. Had a massive fallout with the press. Basically, it sounded like you in a press conference. <laughs> They've all been saying the football's crap to him, yeah. and he said, "Well, if you think that, then it'd be so boring. 
Why don't a lot of you go home? <laughs> We're really going to miss him when he's gone. He's pretty. He said, if you're that bored, you're that disappointed, just go home. Don't bother watching us. Cross-stitch came on. You mentioned him the other day. I like cross-stitch. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a job for him, actually, presenting the great British sewing bee. He'd be very good, old cross. You'd be really good at that question. They've already started the tabloids, the random facts about Senegal. I mean, talk about scattergun. Uh, The the Sun said, here's some of the things you know about uh, the England's opponents on Sunday. The population is um, 18 million. Fair enough. Um, The national dish is uh, rice, tomato, and fish in a sharing platter, which sounds rather nice. What might that be called? Um, would you like to tell us, Andy? <laughs> it's uh, Tia Bubu Diuni. Uh, uh, I think it is. Oh, is Dune, it anyway. Dune. Yeah, it I look nice. forward to Harry Maine choosing roast beef in Yorkshire over there. Yeah, I think on, he probably will, Sunday. the son's the son's mascot. Traditional uh, clothing is is called Bubu, a colourful, loose-fitting, full-body garment made of waxy fabric or cotton. Oh, remember a waxy fabric? What a player he was. <laughs> he was. And then we got some football facts. Um, and uh, we find out that the, I mean, this is a completely useless fact, isn't it? The 52-metre African Renaissance monument in Senegal is the tallest statue in Africa. How Great. many people are going to be picking up the sun? How many builders are going to have that at the front of their van? Saying, yeah, hey, Tony, you ain't going to believe this. What's the tallest uh, uh, statue in Africa? So, look, we expect more random Senegalese facts before the weekend. Definitely. And um, um, yes, I see that uh, Yuri Geller has promised, of course he has, England yeah. will win the World Cup within 10 years. The psychic spoon bender, not my word, 75. <laughs> <laughs> he said fans mustn't panic if we don't go all the way. He's going to take over Greg Dyke's clock. I think he, I think he might do. Yes, indeed. Uh, Canelo, I told you last night. Yeah, he wants to take uh, someone out, doesn't he? <laughs> I told you last night that uh, Canelo Alvarez was kicking off with the Argentinian team and mm. uh, offering out Lionel Messi and uh, Sergio Aguero and others. It, he's calmed down now. It, I, I, there was a bit of rage going on. And he's apologised. <laughs> oh, has he really? He's apologised tonight <laughs> for uh, all his madness. He said, over the last few days, I got carried away by the passion and love I feel for my country and made comments that were out of place. So I want to apologise to Messi and the people of Argentina. I wish them all success in the tournament. Oh, thanks. Are you supporting Mexico until the end? Well, I think the end has come. <laughs> well, it has. Canelo. They were unlucky, though, weren't they? I just saw the Saudi goal at the end there. Yeah, but... they were. They looked like they were, oh, no, were fortunate not to go out. I mean, Argentina should have scored more than two, really. Uh, Real Lions are backing England's World Cup glory bid. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently at Knowlesley Safari Park, Merseyside. I, I've I don't been there, if, yeah. I don't know if there's three of them. There surely must be, I suppose. I used to know the bloke who looked after the seals. He was the uh, seal handler at Nosley Safari. Pete the Seal. Really? That was that his name, Pete the Seal. No, that's what we called him. Obviously, no, obviously. his name was well, his name was Pete. And he looked after the seals. No, obviously, name yeah. Was Pete the but seal. Uh, there we are. So if you're ever up that way, that part of the world, go and check it out. It's a good. It's a good day out. There we are. Free ad for them. Um, we should wish Pele well. Apparently, the news from his daughter is that. Um, it isn't life-threatening. Um, he's had to go back in the hospital. He's got an infection. He's not well. So uh, there's been a lot of news stories, but the family apparently saying that uh, that it's it's not as bad as everybody's saying. So Mum's all right. She's 100. Mum, he's 100. You were telling us last <laughs> night. That's quite amazing. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've seen this story, Andy. Yeah. Uh, a bloated man who went to hospital complaining of stomach pains was found to have eaten uh, 187 coins uh, this was uh, in Lingsuga in India, and I, I phoned. It's the always in India. 
Well, I phoned the hospital and they said, no change. Uh, Hang uh, on. Uh, Come on. <laughs> no, he's all right, apparently. He's okay. That's, that's the, very that's good. good that's I don't good know if you saw the Wales uh, wives and girlfriends warmed up for the game last night uh, mm. with a sort of hilarious booze up, it said in here. But oh, okay. one of them, Harry Wilson's sister, Annie, mm. was filmed wearing a bikini as she attempted a cartwheel that ended up with her landing on a coffee table. Oh, okay. I'd say drink was taken with my guess. Had, drink had probably uh, been taken. <laughs> so uh, a busy show then. We're, we're going to be chatting to Tom Rennie um, a little bit later on, broadcaster, friend of the show and commentator. He does a lot of work in the States. He'll have his thoughts on the American team and everything else that's gone on. And I'm sure he'll be very interested in Jesse Marsh's cheese board. So we'll take a forensic look at that a little bit later on. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Now, our first guest... Um, on the show today is a man we often turn to on travel matters. I saw a piece he'd written for the independent uh, on the prospect of people deciding at this uh, second stage of the competition to go out and uh, well, well, let's say they're following England based on the fact that uh, here we are, but they could be following anybody, of course, but can you get accommodation? Can you get a flight? And is it cheaper than it would have been uh, at the start of the tournament? So let's find out now from the independence travel expert, Simon Calder. Hi, Simon. Uh, yes. It, look, I have been following this for literally 10 years. Mm. Um, as you'll appreciate, sport and travel really kind of overlap every two years, either for the Olympics or for the World Cup. Mm. And actually, I've been tracking back, and I think it goes back to the uh, US World Cup in 1994, when, of course, you weren't born, but I was. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it, it, the, the, it, exactly the same pattern has emerged every single time. 
effectively fans are told okay um it's going to cost you an arm and a leg it's going to be really expensive to get a flight you won't find a hotel for love nor money unless you've got a platinum credit card and it's uh, you know frankly unless you're absolutely stinking rich you won't be able to get there now my uh what what i found every single time um with the exception of beijing actually for the uh, uh for, for the olympics which was a little bit different obviously because um of, of the regime there absolutely anywhere you can get into you can get flights you can get hotels and i'm now just watching prices tumble compared with where they were even a couple of weeks ago um before the tournament it's it's a great time to mm -hmm. go over there and they've they've relaxed the rules around ticketing, Simon. I, I read as well from your piece that before you you know you couldn't get out there unless you already had tickets, but now you can get out there and you can buy tickets while you're there. Right. Here's what happened. So ten days ago, I turned up. This was just on the eve of the first match. I turned up and I deliberately bought a, a connecting transfer flight with a good kind of ten hour window. And the whole idea was. I was going to go in um, and first of all, well, my first bid was, um, OK, guys, look, here's my um, connecting boarding pass. Just let me in. I sort of go and soak up the atmosphere. I'll spend some money. I'll have a lovely time and I'll come back and tell everybody how wonderful Doha is. Didn't let they wouldn't let me in then. They're very nice about it. So I said, well, that's fine. I'm just going to go and sit over here and I'm going to do two things. Um, and at the time, tickets for Japan, Costa Rica were open. I'd already checked that. So I thought, OK, I'm going to buy a ticket for a match I won't be able to go to, but that will allow me to get this so-called HIA card. Um, HIA as in H-A-double-Y-A, -A, which means let go, let's go in Arabic. And you need that to get in. And nobody is going to get in really before the end of the year without that card. And I knew you had to have a match ticket. Anyway, Somebody came over very kindly and just said, look, pal, you're wasting your time. It's going to take six days to get approved, um, at which point I made my excuses and went duty free shopping. And by the way, while there might alcohol might be difficult to find outside the airport in Qatar, um, you can't move for the stuff in um, inside. And uh, they got a special on um, a well-known brand of vodka three for the price of two. There we are. Marvellous. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, that'll bust your uh, your duty free limit as well, as far as I know. So, um, you need to have the higher card. Until now, you had to get a, uh, a, a, a an actual ticket in order to get that. But they have now released them as from people arriving from Friday onwards. You just fill in a form. Now, having said that, it's incredibly annoying, this form. I've sent my photo in about 10 times because I might well still go out there. I mean, mm. I actually uh, call me sad and I'm sure you will. I actually quite like the sound of the third place final. Because, you know, okay, it's not the big event. <laughs> I, yeah, thank you. But on the other hand, on the other hand, you're going to have a couple of class teams there and it's going to be a great, uh, great, great event. So I might go out there. Um so assuming you've got the higher card and you can fill in and apply for that now and you don't need to do anything other than kind of give you inside leg measurements and all that stuff and a terrible photo. <laughs> um, and, and you can do that. So you've now got to find flights and accommodation. Well, I'm just literally looking now, um, flying out. Uh, yeah, actually a week on Friday and coming back a week later. So after the um, 
uh, third place final, I believe, um, or, or maybe just uh, after the semi-finals. Um, flying from Manchester, seven hundred and fifty quid return. Now that's not going non-stop on lovely Qatar Airways. Um, it's going via Istanbul, but that's actually no bad thing. Uh, really good um, quality airline. Uh, nice to stop over in in uh, Istanbul, and that's looking good. And that's that's the sort of price available from other UK airports. Mm. And for the first time, actually, um, this week, I have seen, for the first time, literally in 10 years, Qatar Airways is charging less than £1,000 for non-stop flights. You can go out from Gatwick back uh, from Doha, and that's going to be about £950. And I genuinely, you will be sitting next to people, uh, particularly coming back, who have paid three times what you paid for for the same seats. And in terms of accommodation, it couldn't be easier. This is the most, the maddest thing I've ever heard of. So Tuesday night, Wednesday night were absolute peak demand. No people in the history of Qatar, no, they've never seen anything like that many people wanting to stay and that many hotel rooms filled. Okay. And that's why you've got all these horrible tents in the desert and containers and cruise ships and everything there. As from, of course, now you've got teams very sadly going home and they're taking their supporters and they're taking the media and they're taking all the hangers on and they're emptying rooms. And yeah, there will be some people coming in like me and other supporters of teams who've got through to the round of 16 and progress, we hope, further than that. But actually, the prices are coming down to, you know, they, they did peak at about sort of 350 400 pounds for a double room they're now down to 150 and they're coming down all the time and by wow. um by about the time of the semi-finals 125 will probably buy you a perfectly decent double room um so it's sort of you know uh it, it's not bargain basement but it's for a lot of yeah. people who are keen to see it pretty affordable and again person in the next room would have paid three four five times as much you can feel smug can't you if you yeah. if you go andy you just wanted to jump in didn't you no i just like to have nigel's air mask <laughs> who's nigel <laughs> who's nigel i don't know who's nigel <laughs> uh, no I, I the trouble is I, I always travel on the cheapest possible flights and you very rarely get any points for anything there. Oh, so dear, um, what a shame yeah uh, but but that's all right. Um. Anyway, I, I I would urge people just to think. Yeah, it would be great to soak up the atmosphere. Of course, the tricky thing is going to be getting tickets. Mm. And yes, of course, you can go onto the secondary sites. Really, really tricky in terms of legality there. But I'm yeah, you know, I'm just hoping just to going there and seeing what happens. And of course, it's going to be a great atmosphere, uh, despite the um restrictions on on alcohol. And uh, you know, I was in Russia in 2018 absolutely fantastic atmosphere really the global game bringing people together i had such a fantastic time and i want to see if that's anything like replicated in in doha and the rest of qatar fantastic simon thank you i think quite a few people will be starting to look into it now they probably thought they had absolutely no chance after hearing this they may start to do their research but for now lovely to talk to you and thanks for uh, telling us all that well thank you for your fantastic podcast well, there we are, Simon Calder or Nigel Calder, as he's known to his <laughs> friends. That was a bit of an error, wasn't it? Anyway, you've I, always I, done that, Andy. I know, whenever I we, know, whenever you often say to me in the office, 
it's a travel story. Say, let's get Nigel on. And I said, who's Nigel? <laughs> I and I say, you mean Simon Cole? Oh, yeah, that's right, Simon. He must look like a Nigel to you. <laughs> I don't know why I think he's called Nigel. Apparently, uh, Stevie uh, Winwood turned up at Doha Airport and said, give me a higher card. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really? That's, no, he didn't at all. That's, at it all. seems unlikely. <laughs> Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. So now uh, we turn to uh, a regular voice on, on the show, a man who knows uh, football in the States pretty well. He, he broadcasts in the States on a regular basis. It's a very popular podcast out there. He's a commentator as well. And it's Tom Rennie. Hello, you, Tom. Hi, guys. Uh, the network I work on is Sirius XMFC, and the podcast is called Week in the Tackle, available now. <laughs> yeah, See, um, there we are. I thought I'd let you do the um, There you go. <laughs> I mean, we should start with the USA. I mean, how are they feeling about well, this whole thing about, if you know, we've got to knock them out because they call it soccer. No, and I saw no. Carlos Quiroz saying this was the moment when soccer became football oh. in the USA. I mean, I don't know if he meant that or not. But um, what have you made of it from, from their point of view? Well, it's been fascinating, actually. Uh, I've got a lot to say in terms of, of how good they've been as a team and their development over the last three years, which I've watched quite keenly. But I've got to say, I really hate the it's called soccer thing. <laughs> I, I, I hate it so much because what I find talking to Americans a lot about football, football, is that they have a real inferiority complex about themselves, which is not necessary. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact it's the third or fourth biggest sport in the country. I mm. think that, you know, I, I know people that have worked at MLS since 96, the very beginning, and they've had to really fight for a foothold in the market, in their cities, in their states. And they've got it now. There's like 36 teams across the two conferences. And they're in an almost transitional moment where everyone's taking them seriously, but they're still carrying the baggage of the past around with them. And that kind of leads into this it's called soccer thing. Against England, I thought it was quite, quite fun, quite you know good good banter if you like but against iran do iran call it football or soccer i've no idea <laughs> yeah, why no are they idea. doing that against iran i mean uh, there, there's other issues there isn't there you should probably talk about them instead um so that's a little bit weird i think but they're enjoying it massively and quite rightly so it's changed we we made this comment last week watching them against england then watching them in the first game as well against wales they've changed the way they play football has changed the the technicality the whole everything about them you know it used to be just physical hard running not pretty to watch not great and they'd get results by just that physical but now they're a really decent team and they can only go on and get better i think well the incredible thing about us soccer in the last eight ten years is that they had that nadir against trinidad and tobago where they didn't qualify for the world cup right mm. and in that point you know, Christian Pulisic played that day and was like 17 and everyone was like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we getting so much wrong? And though MLS as a league has improved a lot since then, they kind of come to the realisation that we've got to get these players in Europe. We've got to get them playing in Europe, which is kind of the issue, you know, with Mexico tonight that they're playing with, I think, one or two players in their starting 11 don't play in, in Liga Mekis. Apart from that, they're all in, they're all there. No one's in Europe. And Raul Jimenez is one of them. And, and he's obviously not the player he once was. So they've got the other issue now, whereas the US were like, right, what do we do? We've got all this young talent. We've got this huge breeding ground of talent and they're playing for, you know, Columbus Crew and, 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 and all, the, all the teams out there. Good teams, but... You know, there's no money and there's no development possibility. And then suddenly you have someone like Christian Pulisic going to Borussia Dortmund at 16, 17. It's like, wow, that's that's the pathway. And then you look mm. at the team, look at the players that are in there from Cameron Carter-Vickers at Celtic even, from DeAndre Yedlin's been around for a long, long time. Tyler Adams now at Leeds. 
uh, Weston McKenney at Juventus, you know, almost everyone through the team, mm. all the good players, even the second string, like Josh Sargent, you know, he couldn't trap a bag of cement, God bless him, but he works hard. But at the very least, <laughs> he plays in Europe. He's played in the Premier League. He's getting that experience. Yeah, yeah. And this has been a massive yeah. long-term development plan for years and years and years. Uh, and I think they're building towards that next World Cup, which they're hosting. They've been building towards that for a long, long time. But suddenly you've got people like Weston McKenney who can run a midfield for Juventus. You've got people like Tyler Adams, who has been terrific for Leeds all season long. And I think it's paying off. Long-term strategy is paying off for a lot of people in the US right now. And um, it, it, this has not just been thrown together, right? It's, it's been a long time coming, these performances. It's built around Christian Pulisic and the quality that he has, that he doesn't show for, for Chelsea a great deal. It very much annoys them when you call them Christian Bale, which I've been doing for a while. I'm very much enjoying that. Um, but, you know, he does that same sort of thing. Put on the US jersey and he's incredible. So they've been yeah. building to it. They look really, really good. And the Netherlands on what, Saturday? I, I wouldn't say it's a it's a banker for the Dutch. No, no I don't think I they're don't that think good. So I mean, certainly the Dutch press don't think so. I think they're boring. Um, so, but I mean, Gakpo scored a few goals, but I'm, I'm kind of Ali McCoy, so I'm not completely sure about him either. He could mm. be another Vincent Janssen. You can see him coming to the Premier League and dying on his back. So, better than that, isn't he? Q Trim scoring a hat trick against What an insult that was. I thought it was a nice podcast. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were friendly around here. <laughs> now, um, talking of uh, Leeds players, Jesse Marsh, I think he watched the game last night with a friend of his, uh, a fellow coach, and um, they had a bit of, they had a, uh, some snacks. Yes. They had some snacks while they watched. <laughs> and uh, he sent out a picture of uh, him and his son and, and his friend Pierre Barrio and his son, I think, watching the game. But my focus really was on the snacks mm. and the choice of cheeses. Now, I, I went quite close. They had a bottle of white wine on the go, a selection of biscuits. They bought a big box of biscuits. They'd clearly gone to Asda because they had the Elf Asda um, napkins that they'd bought for Christmas. Got those out early. Deep what, cut what, knowledge what, there, Paul. Deep what, cut, that is. Well, I, I've done some research. <laughs> yeah. It's quite forensic. <laughs> you just grassy, knew. You just knew. Knowledge. Don't lie to us. I've seen the adverts. They had some popcorn, <laughs> because obviously they're American, and they had three yeah. cheeses. They'd eaten half a camembert. Um, it could be manchego. I don't know what it is. It's it's some sort of, it could be a Dutch cheese. I mean, I'd like to think there's a German or an Austrian cheese. Monterey in. Jack, surely. Got to be Monterey Jack, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm looking at it. I've, I can't really put my finger on what the cheeses are. Uh, I think one of them's French and smelly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was more interested in the cheese. And he's sitting in a very odd way, Jesse. He's got a very straight back. I don't know if he's got back issues at the moment. It's, yes. Uh, it's quite an odd uh, You're saying, yes, he has got back issues. Yeah. Yes, he, yes, he, yes, he's he got does, issues yeah. at the back. I mean, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Whether he's got back issues, I don't know. But anyway, that's uh, Jesse Martin. Do you know what's funny about that, though, is that <laughs> Americans are obsessed with snacks, like utterly obsessed with snacks. So, like, when a big game comes around, uh, and I'm, I'm doing something on serious, and everyone's like, "Well, what, what are you, what are the snacks you getting in? What food you getting in?" And they always ask me, "What snack do you have during the game?" And the answer is nothing. It's not about, <laughs> what are you talking about the snacks? I might get some drinks in or I'll sit quietly stressing in the seat on my own. Like yeah. the snacks are very low down on my agenda. But they're like, what snacks are we having? What are we eating? Before they find out what the fixture is. It's an utterly bizarre culture. Yeah, you can't tell right. from the way they look. <laughs> oh, I'm putting the boot hey, in now. Hey, I'm glad you said that now before we put on the holiday weight. I'm glad you said <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> now, Graham Arnold, the Australian coach, he's fantastic. He's straight out of central casting. He's like an old school Aussie. He's the, he's the sort of bloke that would have turned up in Neighbours, Andy, and says, 
I'm going to buy Lassiter's and knock it down. <laughs> yeah. A really gruff voice. He's just, he's just this classic Australian cunch. He just speaks like, he's like something from a Jack Thompson film. It's a brilliant film called The Club about Aussie rules. And all the blokes in it from The Club are like that. And he's, yeah, he's, he's great. Old he's like that, really. it. it was a strange game that today, really. I mean, Denmark, yeah. people, some people fancied mm. Denmark to go all the way after what they did in Europe, but they were poor, weren't they? In Australia, in the end, I was pleased. I was pleased with them. They won't go any further, though, I don't think, because they're not very good. No, they're, they're not a particularly good team, but I was, I was, my friend James is in Australia at the minute and he's in Melbourne. And when this result came in, I was doing the show this afternoon and I texted him and I was like, can you come on? Just come on for a couple of minutes. We'll get you on. We'll get the vibe of, uh, I forget the name of the kind of main square they're all in. Um, and he Fed, was like, Fed, Fed Square, isn't yes, it? All, yes, yeah, something yes. like that. I mean, it was three o'clock in the morning, wasn't it? 3 a.m. It was ram jam packed. I saw a bunch of pictures on the TV and I was like, I know someone who's going to be there. He's going to be there. I'll text him. I've not seen him in about 15 years. I was like, Hi, remember me? I used to have hair, and um, you know, you might recall me from the bus. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, Do you want to come on the show? And he was like, uh, there's no way I could come on the radio right now and talk about it. And there's not a single person here who could. Uh, that was an excellent answer. But... So it was more drinks than snacks for them. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Right. A proper sporting culture in Australia, as it should be. But I mean, my, own, my only message sort of from that game or learn from, learning from the game is that one thing, like if anyone's been to Australia or lives in Australia, they are just the biggest sports loving culture in the world. Like, it's incredible. When I was over there for a few months years ago and like, you're like, oh, what do you do? What do you do at school today? And they're like, well, we had PE, then maths, then PE, then English, then PE, then PE, then PE. Then we went for a run, rugger after school, Aussie rules later, cricket afterwards, bit of supper, back out for a run. Right? That, that's what they are. And so mm. if you're a team like Denmark, massively poor, I think, overachieved yeah. during the European Championship because of the incredible emotional kind of flow they were on after what happened to poor Christian Eriksen and all that. They're not a particularly good team. The The offense isn't great. The midfield bar Eriksen is kind of stayed and slow and they just didn't look into it. They didn't look into it. There wasn't a great deal of belief in them. And one thing's Australian, one thing Australian sports people have in abundance is belief. Mm. You know, they, it, 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 and they got through that game on pure belief. And the only frustrating thing for me is that they're not called the Australian Flaming Galahs. Why not? <laughs> I I went with that game this afternoon, but I didn't realise it was on BBC Two. Yeah. So I watched it on the red button with radio commentary, which I oh. hadn't realised until uh, Vicky Sparks was saying, and Schmeichel's just kicked that one right out of play. I'm getting really annoyed. I'm going, yeah, I can see that. Why are you telling me that for? Because <laughs> she's on the radio, Andy. She's doing radio, her yeah. job. Yeah, I told Andy at the end, I'm watching Jonathan Pearson, Dion Dublin. Why are you on BBC Two? <laughs> They're listening to the radio commentary. Ridiculous. The ball was in square three. They're all singing. <laughs> Why are they all singing? Yeah, that's Virgin Radio, mate. It's the wrong thing. <laughs> he, was right. he was getting updates on Saga FM. So. They're all doing it land down under. That's a bit presumptive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, just remind us of your podcast once again. So the podcast is called Week in the Tacker. We're doing a bunch of World Cup episodes at the moment. It's me and Brian Dunseth, who went to the Olympics with the US and uh, is a TV presenter out there. He's going to be part of their Apple coverage of MLS for the next 10 years. Um, it's, it's out every Monday, usually, and... We, we, we get to swear in the podcast, which oh, I nice. very much enjoy. It does get beeped out for broadcast, but I get to swear freely and loosely, which, which I enjoy immensely. So there you go. Week in the tackle. <laughs> Marvellous. Good to see you, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Here we are. Our thanks to Tom Rennie there. Um, and we'll hopefully catch up with him later in the tournament. Um, Andy, I thought we might as well have a look at um, Thursday's games. 
Yes, good. Can I take you through them? Please do. And we're going to kick off. We got the two three o'clocks. I did simul. I did. I did have the old one of the games. I had the France uh, <laughs> Tunisia game on the old uh, iPad today. I did go double I screen. Know. I know. You're, you're addicted to the four games a day. I am. Yeah. <laughs> With Canada Morocco is going to kick us off. Uh, Canada are gone, of course, but Morocco still in the mix. Belgium, big game for Belgium against Croatia. Yeah, I'll be with that one, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got Costa Rica, Germany. Um, and yet there's still still quite a lot riding on that one. And Japan versus Spain. So I would think, I think we're going to be, we're going to concentrate, aren't we? I would think in Germany, Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it'd be uh, interesting if Japan get a result, though. That could, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. So uh, some some interesting games, which we'll be pouring over again uh, tomorrow. Is any other business, Andy, before we go? Any Only, uh, just from my notes, I've noticed that uh, Tunisia had a goal disallowed by Gantry. Uh, I don't know where he normally watches the game from. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know where they're commentators. Uh, and uh, I, was dying, I was dying for Matthew Leckie after the match to say, oh, this is a bit obscure. I'm Matthew Leckie, and don't you forget it. There we are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> beautiful well, of Scottish journalism <laughs> and uh, I think we'll leave it there shall we thank you very much for listening as always we'll be back with you tomorrow on Thursday to pour over those games look at all the other big stories and obviously slightly less big stories as you've probably uh, gathered by now so until then thanks for listening Talksport Hawksby and Jacobs daily World Cup podcast from Talksport 365 day returns.